Um, we're continuing on, uh, gosh, we're over a year and a half in a series. I've got some pastor friends that will look in on our, our archives and they go, how is it that you're doing a series that now is on part 54? <laughs> and I said, well, because it's not really a series in that sense. Because um, typically I'll do a series six weeks max or so. What it is, it's kind of an umbrella in which we're uh, speaking under that umbrella on Wednesday nights. We did it all of 2011, all of this year, and we'll finish out the year at least on this. And we're just calling it real life, real life. So we're talking about some real life things. Some issues are a little bit harder. We're, uh, some are, they, they hit us all. Every one of these things hit us all. And it's really two-pronged. It's to help you. And then it's to help you to help somebody uh, with real life things. And so tonight is a, a major, major um, thing. And I want to kind of introduce it a little bit, not give it away yet, because I want to build your thought towards something tonight. But if you will get this going in your life, um, this, is, this is a huge game changer for you. This is really, really a, a changer. So I'll, I'll tell you what that is when we get to it tonight. Um, how many of you want to have what I call victorious Christian living? Okay, think of the other options. Is it possible to live, I'm not talking about heaven now, okay, heaven's, that's, that's a win. But is it possible to live here on earth, belong to Jesus and live defeated? Well, let me go ahead and fill in those of you who are like, I don't know, this is a trick question. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's so many people. No Wednesday night people. Wednesday night people, it wouldn't. wouldn't. Well, you all probably know somebody that um, can belong to Jesus and love Jesus, but live defeated. Live defeated. Uh, Live bound to things, addicted to things. um, No joy, no peace. You know, all kinds of things going on in their life. Love, Love Jesus. Going to heaven one day. But um, kind of having hell on earth. And you need to understand that if we do this thing right, for the believer, while we're on earth, that's the only hell you're ever going to have. For the unbeliever, that's the closest to heaven they're ever going to get. For real. So we want to have God's help in our life. And when we have, and if you think about this, all the supplements from heaven, peace, joy, grace, you know, all of those things, the Holy Spirit to help us, God's word as a guide for us. He's given what a, a second Peter calls, he's given us everything that we need for life and godliness. So I want you to know that it is possible for us to triumph in Christ Jesus And to have victory here in this life. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. It's a walk of faith and trust in God that we can have. Listen to me. We can have a victorious Christian life. But for that to happen, there are some things that you must do. There are brands of Christianity, and and I'm not going to name names or anything on this, that most of their Christianity is more about what they know. And they're spending a lot of time on knowing. But I want, I want you to know something. Victorious Christianity is not based on what you know. It's based on what you do. 
Now, let me sort that out a little bit, okay? Most of the confusion that we have about the truths come from religion. Okay, so we have to kind of sort some things out here. So, victorious Christian living is not just knowing the right things. It's also doing the right things. And when you're doing the right things, this is not about works. Okay, and that's where we've got to sort that out a little bit. Works is about earning. Let me read to you a verse here in 1 John chapter 3. Y'all there? 1 John chapter 3, verse 7. It says, little children, say that's me, is a real term of affection, of, of endearment. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous just as he is righteous. Now, let me square that up for you just a little bit. Doing right things does not make you righteous. Now, let's back up. Righteous, right there, has to do with right standing with God. So, you doing right things does not put you in right standing with God. And this verse is saying that we are not in right standing with God. We're not righteous because we do right things. Step on the other side of it. Because we're righteous, because we're in right standing with God, we do right things. Are you you hearing that? So, we are not righteous because we do right things. We do right things because we're righteous, because we're in right standing with God. But notice here, it says that he who practices righteousness. And that means that you're doing something. You're doing something. Now, doing is not works. Works is when you're trying to earn something. I've shared this, this with you recently. I love this, this idea. Grace, which is God helping us, grace is not opposed to effort. Grace is opposed to earning. So we're not trying to, when we work, when we do the right things, y'all here? Because y'all look like I'm reading the phone book. Okay. When we, when we do these things, we're not trying to earn something. We're not trying to earn something. It's very important that you know that grace is not opposed. God helping us grace is not opposed to effort. Grace is opposed to earning. Let's go to second uh, or Ephesians chapter two. For by grace, you are saved through faith, not of works is the gift of God, lest any man should boast. Okay? So it's not works. Salvation is a gift from God. It's grace. It's God's grace. But there's a corresponding faith that goes with it. So, doing actually is cooperation. Doing is participation. Doing is alignment with God. Doing is obedience to God. So it's not works. Some people just won't do anything because they're afraid they're going to get into works. And all it's about is I'm cooperating with God. And if they would really just crack the book for themselves, open it up, they're going to find that it tells them to actually do some things. Okay? And I'm not trying to earn anything. I'm not trying to show off for God. I'm not trying to mount up some points. I'm just cooperating. Participating. Aligning myself with what he said to do and obeying his, his word. And that is going to help us in victorious Christian living. You with me so far? All right. In Proverbs 4, 4, it says, he also taught me and said to me, let your heart retain my words, keep my commands and live. 
The Hebrew word keep there means to obey, to attend to. The Message Bible says, do what I tell you and live. That's what this is about. So here's, here's a little equation for us. We've got to know some things and then do those things and then you live. Is that good? That's my kind of math. All right. We have three problems so that, that we need, need to look at concerning this. First of all, the first problem that would arise would be this. There are some things that we don't know. So if we don't know some things, Hosea 4, 6 said this. My people are destroyed because of lack of what? Knowledge. Lack of knowledge. Because they didn't know. Because they didn't know. What you don't know can hurt you. And so we've got to be in the know. Uh, the strength of the oppressor. Uh, Dr. Edwin Lewis Cole, if some of you will remember him. He said, the strength of the oppressor is the ignorance of the oppressed. Think about that. The strength of the oppressor is the ignorance of the oppressed. As long as they don't know something, you can lord something over them. And uh, a dangerous thing. And the enemy knows that. The enemy knows that. And you've got to be in the know. So the first problem would arise because there's things that we don't know. And we can be destroyed for that. Second thing, second problem is this. There are things that we know, but we don't. How many of you know somebody? Okay. Things that we know, but we don't do. James 4.17 says, To him who knows to do good and doesn't do it, it is what? Sin. It is sin. And it's sin in this sense. You missed the mark. You missed the point. And let me take it to the real impact of that. You know to, go, to do good and you don't do it. That's sin. And let me just tell you something about sin. Sin ruins everything it touches. Sin ruins everything it touches. So you bring ruin. You bring uh, uh, problems into your own life. And how many of you know this or you've heard about it from some of your friends that that when you sin, it will bring in short order, in a short season, depression will come to you. See, everybody's living for the weekend, but, you know, I want to see them later. Let's see them after the music's off. Everybody else is gone. And they smell funky and everything else. You know, wow, we had a great time, didn't we? You know, and... Sin, in whatever it would be, whatever it would be, in short order. Because the pleasure of sin, the high of sin, is only for a short duration. It's just for a season. How many of you know I'm telling the truth on this? And then what goes up comes down. So the pleasure of it is just short, short-lived, just short season. And then it comes down. And there's, there's a, a depression that comes with it. A depression that comes up. So guess what? If you know to do good and you don't do it, you're bringing depression, you're bringing ruin, you're bringing things into your own life and you're never going to have victorious Christian living. The third problem would be this. And you probably are not even going to guess this. I'll, I'll lead you along, but you're not even going to guess. You know to do good and you do it, but you're not going to get it. But you're not consistent. 
And that's what I want to talk about tonight is consistency. It's an incredible link in all of this. This is huge in our life. Consistency. Everybody say consistency. It's a huge, huge issue. And if we know to do things and we do them, but we're inconsistent with them, then guess what? It prevents any progress. It hinders our progress. Let's just, let's just bring it down for a second. Let's say that, um, uh, let's, let's say, uh, you're trying to eat better. You're trying to eat more healthy. I'm just making this up. I mean, this would never even be in real life. Okay. And so you're trying to eat more healthy and you're trying to lose six pounds. And so for day one, you eat some no-fat Greek yogurt and grapefruit juice. And you read your devotions and you're sweet to people. And then at lunch, you have celery. And then for dinner, some cottage cheese and pineapple. And some turkey bacon. You got to get some meat in there. Yo, you got to get meat in there, all right? And you go to bed feeling really good about this. And then the next morning you get up and you do, you know, sweet little breakfast again. And then about lunch you go, I have had it. So you go to a restaurant and you order the feeding frenzy for four, you know? And they go, when are your guests going to arrive? There are no guests. This is mine. Get it and get it here now. Or I'll eat your arm, okay? So guess what? What did we just undo? Day one. Are y'all with me? And you can even go, and some of y'all would say, Pastor, you're telling my story. I know. You can even go, you know, a few days and do real good and then just blow it. Yes. Or you're trying to quit smoking. Or whatever. Consistency is huge. And if you are inconsistent, if you're inconsistent with this, you're going to hinder your own progress. You'll actually undermine progress in our life. So let's, let's look at this a little bit. Um, it can happen in those things that I talked about. It can, it can happen concerning reading the word. It can happen concerning prayer. Overcoming temptation. Boy, I've overcome that temptation now for three weeks or whatever. And then, boom! You know, and then condemnation, everything else kind of comes up. Um, how many of you know that going to church, did the... Did, did you know the scripture actually refers to it in context as that it should be a habit? In Hebrews chapter 10, it, it says, don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the habit of some is. So it's inferring to us there's another habit you should have. But so much the more as you see the day approaching. So it's saying you're to have this holy habit of getting into church, you know? And so even that, man, we've been to church two Sundays in a row. And then we don't see you, you know, and, and week two of that, your baby was 
dedicated. And then we don't see you until the high school graduation, you know? How many of you know that's not consistent? So consistency is huge. And most of the time, and I'm, I'm going to, I might get in trouble for this statement, but it's true. Most of the time, as I observe people in life, because in ministry you have to do that. You have to, you're constantly, you're not judging people, but as you minister to people, you're assessing what's going on in their life. Why are we having these issues? And how many of you know that most fruit issues are actually a root issue? So there's, there's something else here. That's why you're angry. That's why we got this. And it's not a psychology thing. It's, it's, it's 10 commandments, folks. You know, it, it's take care of the root issues. You're going to really help the, the fruit issues. Did y'all get that? Yes. We could close in prayer right now, but that, that'll help you right there. But not judging people, not taking notes on people. But as you know, I've, I've been in full-time ministry a long, long time now. And just observing people, ministering to people, talking to people, praying with people. Um, I have found that honestly, one of the biggest elements that makes a difference in a life is consistency. The second element actually deals, it starts with C also. Companions. Who are you hanging out with? That's not even in my notes. That's not in my message tonight. But I'm telling you what, evil companions corrupt good character. You hang out with the wrong folks, you're going to go to the wrong place. You're going to talk the wrong way. You're going to act the wrong way. You're going to start. Uh, you know the rest of the story. How many of you have ever gotten in trouble before, been at the wrong place, wrong time, the wrong folks before, and it's because who you're hanging out with, okay? I'm, I'm waiting. I'm just, yeah, I got time. I got time. This is a series. We're part 54. We can go on, okay? And so that's a big one. And I just felt impressed to stop on that for a moment. But let's talk about consistency. Remember in our in-training series, we talked about being happy, stable, fruitful, and blessed. Those to me are the marks. Those are the fruit of victory in your life. Consistent, you know, Victorious Christian life. Happy, stable, fruitful, blessed. Not perfect. Nobody said perfect tonight. There's only one that's perfect. Okay? Happy, stable, fruitful, blessed. And then I'll watch another life. And they love Jesus. And they know how to get to church and everything else. But they're not happy. They're not stable. They're not fruitful. They're not blessed. And typically, the issue is this. Consistency. Or should I put it this way? inconsistency inconsistency you know it's like if you wanted to have the world's biggest biceps and you go out and you you buy some dumbbells and you do that three days in a row and then they rust (laughs) remember i told you my brother and i we were we were kids and we watched the olympics and we decided next olympics we're there Dave Waddle was our inspiration. So we put on little ball caps. We started running through our trailer park. Day two, we didn't really feel like running too much. I mean, after all, it's four years away. And then that next Olympics, it slipped up on us, okay? We just weren't ready. 
The difference, listen, the difference so often is consistency or lack of it, inconsistency. Here's two of my favorite quotes about consistency. Consistency beats intense effort every time. Consistency beats intense effort every time. If you floss your teeth every night and then you go to your checkup, you're going to be better off than the guy who the night before his checkup said, oh yeah, the last time they told me to floss. Okay, consistency beats intense effort every time. And I love this next quote here. The devil cannot cope with consistency. The devil cannot cope with consistency. And I'll tell you why. Because if you work the word, the word works. And the only way, read the Bible, the only way the devil will win in your life is if you quit. If you give him the gap of quitting, of laying everything, I ain't praying, I ain't going to church, I ain't, I ain't. And you do all of that, you give a gap, you quit, that's when you lose. But if you'll consistently stay in there. And listen, if you fall, then consistently get back up. Okay, it's not about perfection, it's about direction. And that's huge. Now, let's move into some other things here. Uh, but I love that. The devil cannot cope with consistency. For if, if for no other reason to endeavor to be consistent. That right there. Amen? Now, we have in the Bible commands. Now, when we say commands, some people immediately are turned off. Because we don't like anybody telling us what to do. I got all night. This is a series. All right, all right we already right, did that. But there are commands. Let me put in perspective what the commands of Scripture are because God loves you. Hear that. God loves you. God is for you. And so His commands, this is, this is the truth of the commands. They show you what gives you life and they show you what takes life away. So if the Bible says to you, do this, the reason it's telling you to do this is because it's showing you what will give you life. And if it says, don't do that, it's not God trying to take away your fun. It's telling you, don't do that because that will take life away. Think of the most loving, careful parent among us. You're going to tell your children to do certain things because that's going to help them. You're going to tell them don't do certain things because that's going to hurt them. So the commands that we have in the, in the Bible, and in particular, I want to draw your attention to commands in the New Testament. And again, we're talking about things that we know and things that we do. And so commands are, there's always going to be a verb to come with the command. And in the New Testament Greek, and I'm not a scholar in this, I've, stu I've studied this, but I am so far from a scholar, but I know my way around some references on this. There are tenses. All the verbs have what is called a stem. And then off of that, then, you can find out a lot about what's going on. Well, if it is, if it is ever present, present, uh, subjunctive, present, imperative, whatever it would be, if it's present, which most of the commands are, the, the tense of the, of the verb in the Greek, the tense of it, if it's present and then whatever else it is, it means this, continuous and repeated action. Continuous and repeated action. Say that with me. Continuous and repeated action. 
So if the Bible says, love your neighbor, that does not mean just one time. It means it's a continuous and repeated action. What's a shorter way to say that? Consistent. Consistent. If it says to do this, to do that, to do this, to do that, almost always it's in the present tense, which means it is a continuous and repeated action. And so the commands of God show us what give us life. And so in doing this, it, it is telling us, be consistent about this. Be consistent in prayer. Be consistent to forgive people. Be consistent to walk in love, to be kind. Be consistent with the golden rule. Be consistent coming to church. Be consistent in, in your stewardship. And one of the things that knocks us out of consistency is our moods, our emotions, all kinds of things. Just be consistent. Live by principle, not by circumstance. Live by principle, not by emotion. Walk by faith, not by sight. And we'll be consistent. Amen? All right. Now, I need to tell you how to do this. Uh, let me hit on two things just real quick. In Proverbs 28, verse 20. You still there? Y'all mad? All right, good. Proverbs 28, 20. I'll work a little more and make you mad then. Um, Proverbs 28, 20. A faithful man will abound with blessings, but he who hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. A faithful man will abound with blessings. How many of you like, if you're like picking out which part of that verse you wanted to be? How many of you want to be the faithful man that what? Abounds with blessing. Let me tell you what blessing is. Blessing means good, it means benefit, and it means empowered. I, I want that. It says a faithful man is that. Well, the word faithful there is not just trustworthy. It's, it's constancy. It's steadfastness. Steadfastness. You know what it is? A consistent person. A consistent person about the right things is going to have good and benefit and be empowered. Guess what? The inverse is true. The opposite of that is true. That if you're inconsistent, you're not going to abound with blessing. In Luke 21, 19, it says this. By your patience, possess your soul. By your patience, possess your soul. The word patience there means constancy, to continue. What does that speak of? Consistency. Consistency. By your patience, constancy, consistency, you possess, you get, acquire, you gain control of your soul. In your soul is where you think and feel and decide. You gain the mastery of your soul. Guess what you get? You get self-control by consistency. By your, by your patience, constancy, you possess your soul. So let me move on here, and I want to give you just four things real quick tonight on how to be more consistent. Or would you rather I just wait till next week? Okay, no, because we need to get on this. Okay, we need to get on this. First of all, to develop consistency in our life, let me just go ahead and flip this over here. Fellowship. And let me first of all say this, and I, I touched on it earlier, who you hang out with, okay, who you hang out with is going to impact you. 
you always, and Pastor A.R. Bernard, one of my mentors, and I love this, it's one of my favorite things that he's ever said. If you're the smartest one in your group, it's time to get a new group, okay? So if you're the leader of the losers, you need to put out some applications, okay? Social network, do something, get, get to church. But who you hang out with, with is huge. But that's not the real point of this. Fellowship, I want you to fellowship and commune with a God who is consistent. See, the more that you're around anything, if you're around a person that loves country music, if you're around them, after, all, after a while, you're going to be... And you didn't even like it a while ago, but because you hung around it. You know, before you know it. I don't know what song that is, but y'all... If you're around somebody who's strong at something knowledgeable in something, guess what? It's going to rub off on you. And you need to fellowship, listen to me, fellowship with a God who never changes. Fellowship with a God who is consistent. Fellowship brings joy to relationship. You're related to God. You're his children if you've received Jesus, if you believed on him. But the joy that comes to that relationship happens by way of fellowship that you commune, that you spend time with a God who does not change. Malachi 3, 6 says, For I am the Lord, I do not change, period. Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. James 1, 17, Every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, watch this, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. That is so rich in the language. The J.B. Phillips translation says, there is never even the slightest hint of inconsistency with him. I want to say it again. There's never even the slightest hint of inconsistency with him. You need to fellowship with an unchanging God. Walk with him. Talk with him. Take him to work with you. And as I've told you before, he's going to go with you wherever you go. So if you're trying to go some other places that you think he wouldn't want to go, he ain't going to stay in the truck. <laughs> Lord, you wait here. I'll be back. <laughs> okay. All right. Secondly, feed. Feed. Feed on and live by his word. Psalm 119, verse 89. Forever. Everybody say forever. forever. I mean, no, that's a while. Forever, O oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven. It's just settled. Jesus said heaven and earth will pass away. And not one little bit of your word will ever change. Will ever change. And then Psalm 119, 105 says, your, your word is a lamp to my feet. And watch this. And a light to my path. And so the path indicates consistently going in the same way. This is all this is about. Keep going in the same direction. 
And so your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. What does that do? It's showing me where to step and show me where not to step. And so feeding on the unchanging word of God. Thirdly, and we're almost done. Thirdly, repent. How many of you know that you could repent to God for being inconsistent? Y'all know the drill now, okay. I've got to hurry and get done here. But. Repent. Psalm 51, which is David's psalm of repentance, part of it, he says this. And everybody write down Psalm 51 because you need it, okay? You're going you're gonna to need to read that often. Psalm 51, verse 10, David prayed this. Create in me a clean heart, O God. He's repenting to God. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Watch this. And renew a what? A steadfast spirit within me. We're going to pray that before we leave here tonight. God, forgive me of inconsistency and renew. That first part where it says create in me a clean heart. In the Hebrew, that word create is to make a brand new one. Every time you repent, somehow God does this brand new thing for you. Ah. And then renew a a steadfast, a consistent spirit within me. That's awesome. And then lastly, now if you're a musician, you'll know what those are. These are repeat signs. And so the last thing is this. Do it. And do it again. And you're moving along in music. And when you hit this, you go back to here. And you go back to here. And you go back to here. Now, let me tell you how you do it. Ah, pastor, sure, sure, do it and do it and do it. it. Who is the doer? Me. Pastor Ron. (laughs) Is the doer. How many of you would like to be a doer? All right. All right, let's do this again. All right, you already got yours. Um, in life, we're supposed to do something. Who, who is the doer? Who's the one that's going to be doing? Okay. Who is the helper? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not, get this, the Holy Spirit is not the doer. The Holy Spirit is the helper. And this is what I want to tell you. This, this is the takeaway. If you'll just show up and try to do it, the helper will show up and help you do it. And then if you'll show up and try to do it, the helper again will show up and help you do it. Lord, help me to show up again. And the helper will help you to just show up again and try to do it. Because I'm telling you on day two, day three, I don't want to get up and pray and read the word and be nice to people and golden rule and go to church. If you'll just show up and do it, it's not about emotion or anything else. It's about having some victory in life, about being happy and stable and fruitful and blessed and not letting the devil steal your lunch, break your thermos and everything else. Okay, it's about having some victory in life. Having, having a kind of life, and here's the real takeaway, having a life that's actually desirable. That somebody who doesn't know Jesus would look at your life and be able to tell there is a difference. 
There's a difference in you. Instead of you every now and then on your little spiritual highs, the Lord's good to me and let me tell you how about... And then later you're... Or whatever. (laughs) But if you'll just be consistent. I didn't say perfect. You're going to have some ups. You're going to have some downs. But a faithful man, if he falls, he's faithful to get back up again. And just keep heading in the same direction. And I'm telling you what, be a doer and just show up and try to do. And the helper will show up and he'll help you to do it. Amen. Amen. Did you get anything at all out of this tonight?